you want a vision of your life under Biden presidency? Think of the smoldering ruins in Minneapolis, the violent anarchy of Portland, the bloodstained sidewalks of Chicago, and imagine the mayhem coming to your town. Well, boy, so that those very lines, that's Trump last night in his uh, counter event. Those very lines that you just heard might be part of his acceptance speech a week from yesterday. Oh, I guarantee it'll be something very close to that. Um, I'll bet he has Carl Rove in his ear reminding him of the W got over because he won suburban moms, security moms, they called them. So we will talk more about that coming up, I guess. Uh, there is one particular line from Biden's speech that had uh, people on the right quite angry. One particular line that I noticed just traveling through social media that had people the most worked up. I apologize for that. So we can, uh, we can get into that if you want to. It's going to be a bit of a, you know, I don't know how I would approach it. The Democrats tried to be pretty sunny and optimistic and forward-looking and all that sort of thing all week long. And is the best angle for the Republicans? We'll, t- we'll ask Lonnie Chen about this next uh, next hour, I guess. Or is it? Yeah, next hour. Mm-hmm. Um. How do you how do you do what you want to do? Get the message you want to get out that you just heard from Trump without just being so negative, so dark, so or maybe that's the best well, thing you to have do. To I don't balance know. it. There was a heap and helping of anti-Trump this week at sure. the, the convention as well. Oh, yeah. The so-called I'm sorry, the sad Zoom call. Um, so it was you know alternating light and dark, and I'm sure Trump will do the same. It's just it's a little tougher for an incumbent because you've seen them do it for so long. Telling you how they're going to do it just yep. can't possibly outweigh experience. Tra- transitioning to talking about COVID, so the second most controversial part of the speech, to my mind, uh, was when he got into the COVID stuff, and he said the United States has the worst outcome of anywhere in the world, and everything like that. And that's just—I I, wish—I wish people would stop saying that. Everybody says it. Fox News says it. I just—that doesn't make any sense. Right. If you're going to look at raw numbers. First of all, we'd be toward the top. If everybody had the same proportion, we'd finish third. Right. Because we're the third biggest country. The top two countries, one lies to you and two doesn't have enough. They're not first worldly enough to even count. Right. So to China say. China and India, for those not hip. To say we have the most is just, a, it's a, that doesn't make any sense. It's a nonsensical statement. Right. It's a, a fact that misleads. Yeah. Yeah. That drives me crazy. But the most controversial part of the speech coming up. No, boy. I don't know if I can take mind. any more controversy. A couple of interesting stories about the vid. And our thing around here is just keeping it in perspective and making reasonable judgments about it. We're not here to, to scare you to death. We're not here to tell you it doesn't exist, because it clearly does. But uh, a new study indicates that more people have died at home from untreated heart attacks for fear of coming to the hospital than from coronavirus in Denver, Colorado. Wow. Now, Denver might be a bit of an outlier, but probably not much. Group of doctors at Denver Health Medical Center, led by Dr. Brian Stauffer, Stauffer, uh, were baffled by what many other hospitals have noticed across the world, that the number of people coming into emergency rooms for heart attacks plummeted during the lockdowns in late March and April. Rather than positing some voodoo explanation of coronavirus curing heart attacks, Stauffer's <laughs> teams observed an obvious anomaly in the, uh, the data on emergency calls uh, that gave away the mystery. On the one hand, the weekly activation of EMS calls by Denver Heart Paramedic uh, Health Paramedics um, plummeted nearly by half during the shelter-in-place order. On the other hand, the number of reported cardiac cardiac deaths at home were almost two and a half times higher 
in 2020 than compared with historical controls. So people aren't coming in to get treated and have their lives saved. They're just dying. Oh, man, I can understand that early on. I was thinking I would want to stay away from the hospital. But having been there because my son had something, at least in my situation, it is about the cleanest, safest feeling place I've been around. I will. This this is the long and short of it, and I hesitate to pay us any compliments because we're both half wits and everybody knows it. But we're way better informed on this stuff than the average person. I would hope. And I have seen polls. I've seen interviews recently with with people who said, "Oh no way! I just stay home and hope it gets better. I am not going to a hospital." Huh? That's interesting. In recent days. Because people have been getting back to my original premise that we're just trying to be reasonable and understand what's going on and convey it to you. The media has so successfully whipped up terror over the vid that people are terrified. And listen, I've had liberal friends say to me, we finally have something, not someone, but something that can beat Trump, the COVID. They they are specifically interested in whipping up fear, angst, and, and anger over the vid. Like uh, you were mentioning uh, Joe Biden did last night. He didn't put it in perspective and say, hey, listen, here's the situation. That's why we have to be smart and thread the needle and keep the economy going. No, he went with fear and hatred of Trump. So, you know, you can't fault people for falling for that, I guess. ER doctors likely seeing fewer cardiac patients because people were scared to call 911. They can't come up with any other uh, explanation. And honestly, you know, it's the obvious one. There were 98, I'm sorry, 92 cardiac arrests at home during the period of time they studied, 51 more than the recent average. A similar dichotomy, Seattle, Washington during the lockdown, King County, um, 25% drop in 911 calls, 10% increase in EMTs discovering people dead at home. Boy, that's something else. And and there's actually more on this. Maybe we'll sprinkle a little more of this uh, in later because I find it really thought-provoking but then you have this story out of hawaii alert listener gary sent this along 43 covid deaths in hawaii year to date hawaii is very blue uh governmentally speaking very liberal um and the uh the big paper the honolulu star advertiser uh, had a big story about the vid deaths but graphs at the end of the article portray the facts behind this uh, according to gary blah 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 um, and, and it's it's a very sky-is-falling-ish news coverage. 79% of COVID deaths in Hawaii are age 60 and up. It's a shame, but it's worth knowing. 21% of COVID deaths in Hawaii are 40 to 59, and zero, no, deaths in Hawaii of uh, under 40 years old. Not a single None. one. Yeah, well, that's interesting. Let's see. And then there's, uh, yeah, two people with coronavirus on Oahu die as Hawaii reports 261 new cases is the story. And also people are dying more of uh, other things than the COVID completely. It's recently become the number three cause of death in America, which is worth knowing. I mean, it's it's a killer. It's nasty. But um, there's still way more people dying of heart attacks than the COVID. The rolling average is still uh, going the correct direction. New cases down 17% on the 14-day rolling average. New deaths down 3%. So I'm happy to see that. Yeah, I'm glad it's not going up. I have a feeling it's just going to go up, down, up, down, up, down until we have really effective therapies and a vaccine. Or until enough people are infected and have uh, resistance to it or immunity to it that it just has nowhere to go. That tipping oh, point, that's what I'm rooting for. The, I got to talk later. I, I, I uh, read this article and I took the, the, the notes for 
you keep bringing this up. Just because you didn't die of it doesn't mean, you know, it's a no big deal. Right. Uh, young people in particular, uh, what it's doing to a whole bunch of young people across the country who've got it. Yeah. You thought, you know, I'm, I'm 25, I'm healthy, I'm a football player. I got it. I'll never be the same. Right. Can't walk down the hallway without stopping to take a breath. Yeah. yeah. You know, months later. So it, it, it's, it, it reminds me of the, one of the most idiotic things ever said. Nietzsche, that which does not kill me, makes me stronger. No, sometimes it just wounds you very badly and, and you're reduced for the rest of your life. And that can happen with the vid. Hmm. It's no joke, man. But trying to terrify people is, 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 is well, it's immoral. So, um, as I was taken in the echo chamber after Biden's speech last night and a lot of praise for, you know, he, he cleared the bar of, uh, of not coming off of, uh, like a guy who's, you know, senile and not capable of being president. He definitely cleared that bar with the speech last night. But the one that people on the right were most bothered by, uh, we'll play that for you next in comment. I only watched Joe Biden last night. I did. Uh, I kept. I didn't know what time he was going to speak, so I kept turning it on. And I saw a variety of people that I don't want to listen to. I mean, if I wanted to hear him, they're available anywhere. But I saw Michael Bloomberg, who got you know pretty high up on the list slot. He was pretty close to in front of Biden. I know it. He must have bought it. He spent, I'd forgotten this till I saw somebody tweet it out, he spent $900 million running for president. He did? Yes, of his own money. Oh, that's right, all those ads of for his like own a money. week. $900 million. It's the most anybody's ever spent running for president by far. I mean, there's no, the second place is not even in the, in the 100, you know, in, that in many the primary, digits. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, and as an individual, nobody's even come close, period. Oh, right, right. Right. Um, he spent almost a billion of his own dollars running for president and got nothing, although he would argue, and a lot of people would argue, he stopped Bernie, and that was the whole point. Mm. Um, Interesting. He wanted to stop Bernie or anybody way on the left who he believed would lose, and he was if, right. If there were more billionaires reckless with their money to the tune of $900 million for pointless campaigns, Bernie's message would not be as resonant. <laughs> <laughs> the um, irony. I don't. It's good for our business. Keep spending. And if a billionaire can swing, you know, elections two or four of, from various candidates, that's a little troubling that one individual can decide, all right, I don't like the way this is going. I'm going to change this. Right. But right. regardless, uh, in terms of him running for himself, he spent $900 million and got nothing out of it. <laughs> Any jackass can kick down a barn. That's a good point. <laughs> um, and I guess so they felt like they owed him and gave him a good slot last night. Yeah. So Biden, during his speech... And a lot of it was the kind of thing you'd expect and delivered uh, pretty well. And um, uh, every every pundit that I like, even on the right, said, you know, he he was he was uh, adequate in the way that he needed to be adequate to. Biden clears low bar is yeah. the headline, yeah, which is pretty good. Yeah. Um, but the the one part of the speech that got the most negative attention from people on the right in my Twitter feed was this. Just a week ago, yesterday was the third anniversary of the events in Charlottesville. Close your eyes. Remember what you saw on television. Remember seeing those neo-Nazis and Klansmen and white supremacists coming out of fields with lighted torches, veins bulging, spewing the same, same anti-Semitic bile heard across Europe in the 30s. 
Remember the violent clash that ensued between those spreading hate and those with the courage to stand against it. And remember what the president said when asked? He said there were, quote, very fine people on both sides. It was a wake-up call for us as a country, and for me, a call to action. At that moment, I knew I'd have to run. So that was from, um, actually, in his kickoff video, remember, when he actually announced. That's right. That was the, the focus of it. That was the focus of it, and um, immediately Twitter went wild with fact check. After Charlottesville, President Trump said, and I quote, uh, after that, what was just quoted there, I'm not talking about neo-Nazis and white nationalists because they should be condemned totally. Now, a number of people, Scott Adams, the Dilbert guy, uh, he's a blue check mark, don't you know, which makes him important, said Biden runs on character and then tells the most divisive lie in American history, the fine people hoax, in his acceptance speech, disqualifying. Yeah. I doubt it will be considered disqualified by qualifying by anybody. Now, that myth has been repeated so often, it is the classic lie repeated often enough, it becomes the truth. What was that, Goering, who uh, first coined that? Hitler's propaganda guy? Yeah. The, you know, I, I, I meant to get it. I don't have it in front of me. Trump said the fine, the fine people on both sides about the, the, the march to tear down Confederate monuments and the other, oh, we have it? I'm sorry. Go ahead. But you also had people that were... Very fine people on both sides. You had people in that group. Excuse me. Excuse me. I saw the same pictures as you did. You had people in that group that were there to protest the taking down of, to them, a very, very important statue and the renaming of a park from Robert E. Lee to another name. George Washington was a slave owner. Was George Washington a slave owner? Okay. So will George right. Washington... So the, the, the point is... That he wasn't talking about the violence in Charlottesville. He was talking about the debate over Confederate monuments. As usual, he did a terrible job of explaining himself and then went with the idiotic George Washington was a slave owner thing. And I just, Trump, oh, makes me insane. But anyway, Biden was knowingly perpetuating the myth. Nobody is in favor of white supremacist, supremacist idiots running people over. This is this is the state of our politics. This has always been the state of our politics. So, um, so just wanted to point that out. There's so much horse crap. My, you know, it's funny. The one that bothered me even more than that because I'm just so used to that one is uh, the lie that the the uh, tax reform was a big giveaway to the rich. It wasn't at all. It it hammered higher income earners. Yeah, you can go with the Washington Post fact check on that if you want to. Yeah, it, it, it distributed many Pinocchios for that claim, but they're repeating the lies often. Enough. I always thought that would be the thing that would uh, would make it difficult for me to be in politics because you have to shade things apparently uh, a certain number of things quite a bit, even if you're of the honest type of politician because they all do it right. And uh, I just I would be very uncomfortable with that. I heard one of my favorite things I've heard in the wake of Biden's okay speech was uh, a a pollster who does the whole uh, the the twisting the knob thing mm-hmm. and gets lots of people to twist the knob. I like this. I like this. I really really like it. And then oh, this is bad. This is terrible. And then they they chart it and graph it and see how various lines and parts of the speech played. And uh, the vast majority of it, uh, Democrats gave an A. Republicans gave an F. 
and independence gave a C. I mean, it was it was almost hilariously predictable. But there were some Which lines. Which might be what they are exactly shooting for. I don't know. Yeah, there there were some lines like, um, oh, what was the one? It was some of the the tax stuff that just fell flat. The uh, the the. Um, it was actually it was the part I was just talking about. Independence didn't appeal to them at all; just didn't get their attention. Um, but I'm sure they have lots and lots of polls on likely voters and what they want to hear, and they give them what they want to hear. So it's just it was for some reason I was in a mood last night. I just couldn't take it. I couldn't stand the whole. That's not true. That's half true. That's not true. That's a cliche. I've heard that every election of my life. Uh, what are we doing here? So distance learning is happening pretty much all over the country or is about to happen soon where you live. Uh, one thing I came across yesterday is, is this popular where you are that they ask you not to watch any of the virtual classes that your kids are on? In fact, they uh, they um, tell you absolutely you're not allowed to. Oh, boy. I'll tell you about that coming up. What is that all about? Um, oh, and clarification on the whole Goodyear story. Okay. Black Lives Matter, yes. Blue been, Lives Matter, no. I've been driving on just the rims. I took the tires off my car because I will not support Goodyear. I started a tire fire in my backyard. Oh, really? I'm sure it'll go out soon. <laughs> Giant pile of tires. Oh, yeah. I collected them from all my neighbors. Well, collected. I took them. Some were asleep, <laughs> so I just took them. Set them on fire. Goodyear's dead to me. <laughs> Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. So we got to get talk about Bannon getting arrested on that giant yacht, uh, which is something. And uh, it was a fine boat. Yeah, I'd say. Um, and a couple other things we want to get to in a second. Oh, Iran unveiled some new missiles. Can now reach further uh, into the sea and uh, all the way to Israel. So that's exciting. That's in the Wall Street Journal today. So if you wanted, Super. If you wanted something foreign policy-wise to worry about. But... Uh, came across this tweet, and I don't, I didn't nail down which school district it was where in America, but they had the forms there, and they had pictures of them and quoted them, and uh, Tim Sandifer was responding to it. Here's a quote from uh, the, the paperwork they got from the school where their kid is distance, le- distance learning. Officials at all county schools are asking parents to sign forms agreeing not to watch the virtual classes. And the form warns that uh, a violation of this agreement may result in removing your child from the virtual meetings. Some <laughs> things need no comment. Wow. That is obviously what it is. Yeah. and Tim's, We don't want you seeing what we're doing. Tim Sandifer retweeted that with, does the child belong to you or to the state? In general, it's believed that you can go in and watch your kid's class anytime you want right how about when the class is in your house every single day no you are expressly forbidden from even watching i don't know how widespread that is i mean we got this note from aileen anonymous who lives in the bay area of cal unicornia who said uh, the district sent all the family specific notice that recording uh, their online classes or any class activities is illegal my husband is a teacher. The union rep is telling the school that the teachers are not allowed to record their own lectures or meetings either. And I read that and I thought, that's a little weird and a little chilling, but I don't want to live in a world, honestly, where people, if you have to do things online, where everybody's recording everything. Right. Because that's always used to try to ruin somebody if they annoy you in the slightest way. 
But the idea that you're expressly forbidden from watching, that's chilling. That Well, Tim said it beautifully. Is the kid your kid or the state's kid? That's a, or they may be removed from the class. Hey, I got an idea. Remove your kid from that class. And it's easy for me to say my kids are grown. Um, but uh, the state of public schools right now is bad and degenerating. Hey, I grew up in small town America. I live in a, in, in a world now where there's, you know, a whole bunch of different school options from uh, free public to uh, all kinds of different private around. But where I grew up, we lived a bunch of different places. There was a school. Within right. many, many, many miles. <laughs> right. You yeah. went to that school or you didn't go to school at all. Right. Or you moved a long way away. You know, the only consolation I can give you on that situation is generally in those places, the school districts are not insane. No, usually not. Yeah. Thank goodness. Um, wow, that's that's unbelievable. So, uh, speaking of woke nonsense and, and, and whatnot, brought you the story yesterday. The president had said, maybe we should uh, boycott Goodyear. And we both reacted, what's he talking about? Looked into it. The story is Goodyear diversity training, woke training, anti-racism training. It made it clear that you can wear Black Lives Matter gear to work or gay pride or up with trans people or whatever. But by God, you show up with Blue Lives Matter or All Lives Matter or anything like that, you'd be thrown out on your ear. And uh, we reacted as most people reacted hearing that. Uh, Outrageous. Took the tires off our cars and drove on the rims. Exactly. And then Goodyear came out with their statement and said, listen, this was not from Goodyear corporate and uh, we not from our diversity training. And Jack, you pointed out, it's a, it's a good, strong denial, but it's just a little bit lawyerly. Yeah. Why that wording? And so round three of trying to figure out what the truth is, turns out it was a regional boss at Topeka. The Topeka Goodyear plant. Um, uh, let's go ahead and play. What's the clip number? Uh, Topeka, the capital of Kansas. If you memorized your state capitals as a kid, for some reason. This is Jack's latest jihad. <laughs> Anti-memorizing state capitals. Pride on their face covering shirts or wristbands. That will be deemed approved. Because it complies with zero tolerance stand. However, if any associate wears all... Blue, white lives matter shirts or face covering coverings, that will be not appropriate. There's rules now around what you can wear. Um, let's try to comply with these so that way, uh, you know, everybody feels good in this, this factory. I want to make sure, guys, think about what we do in this factory, right? We all work together to make tires. That's what we do. That's what we get paid to do. So let's continue to do that and do the right thing keep this place uh, what it's always been, a good place to work. He goes on to say, Democrat, Republican, Trump, Biden, Sanders, whatever, that will no longer be allowed in the plant, including MAGA hats. So the beginning of it, which was kind of cut off, is he said, some people may wish to express their views on social justice or inequity or equity issues such as Black Lives Matter, LGBTQ pride on their face covering shirts or wristbands. That will be deemed approved. Because it applies with a zero-tolerance stance, whatever that means. But then any associate wearing all blue, white lives matter shirts or face coverings, that will not be appropriate. What? But when I still don't get it. How does blue lives matter not a zero-tolerance policy? I don't, I don't understand. It's nonsensical like so okay. much of this. I was All I was going to say is, hey, Goodyear, that guy shouldn't be in charge of anything. 
if he doesn't realize that that was going to be an S storm coming your way. Right. Yeah. Uh, by saying that. You know, what's funny is at the end, he got it right. Look, we're here yeah. to make tires. I love that part. We're here yeah. to make tires. You like working here? It's a good place to work. You got a job. How about we just make tires? <laughs> Yeah. The round kind, the black, the fit on the car. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of being tired, um, the great misconception, and I live for the day that like we get to a tipping point and enough people understand that, is all the words you grew up with, racist, you know, for instance, that's the big one. It's been redefined by crazy people. But the corporations are still, oh, they don't want to be racist, I'm, I'm told by the... Uh, uh, Robin D'Angelo, that I have white fragility and I, I don't want to be racist, so I better institute all this training. No, these wackadoo activists have redefined all these terms. They don't mean what you think they mean. They're Marxists. A lot of them are Marxists. And you're, you're letting them into your corporations and your classrooms and you're teaching their, their crap. But very few Americans get that, mostly because the media won't tell them. Portland had mostly mostly peaceful demonstrations again last night. People protesting the death of George Floyd. I mean, it's just... Hey, uh, back to the school thing. We got this text. This is pretty good. We're going over our handbook that the school gave us because we were called by the director of the school and told that we had to conceal my son's gun rack because it was visible in the background of his screenshot. They required a camera in our home. So he's saying the school is requiring you have a camera in your home because in effect they are right. Um, and then, and then telling you what you're allowed to have in the background of your own home. That's there all the time. It is kind of funny. Um, I probably would just, you know, move the computer a little bit and then it's not in the background anymore to avoid the problem. But I understand your, uh, your position. That is a hell of an irony. It's perfectly legal for me to do this. It is my home. You're requiring us to do it this way. It's not only legal, it's a constitutional right. I mean, the gun and everything. And uh, I, I don't know if I can take it. <laughs> Has anybody ever died of frustration? Oh, I said it also says in the, uh, they, they, they mentioned their particular charter that um, parents, quote, parents are not permitted to attend distance learning. That's really interesting. I don't think you can do that. If I was a certain sort of person, I would well, I would press that. Okay, I'm going to be here every day until you figure out a way to make me stop. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what is the enforcement mechanism? And what do you mean precisely as I own this home and I am in a room that I own? With my child. With my child. Uh, that, how could somebody make those words come out of their mouth and or their fingertips? Parents are not permitted to attend distance learning. It goes on to say that parents need to have the student under their immediate supervision. So they need to be under your immediate supervision, but, but, you're, not, but you're not close enough to actually watch the class going on. We suggest horse blinders and earplugs. <laughs> oh, speaking of earplugs, i got to tell you the story of my, uh, getting an MRI the other day. An MRI. That was a little Joe Biden-esque there. A slurry. <laughs> and we got to talk about, because uh, if Steve Bannon did what he, what he got arrested for, He's a, what was he in Trump's? He wasn't his campaign manager, but he was a senior advisor. Senior certainly. advisor, yeah. Um, he certainly had a lot to do with Trump getting elected president in 2016. And a super smart guy. Just crazy smart. Um, and, and not afraid to talk to anybody. He was on Bill Maher's show, and he's got a podcast and everything like that. But he got arrested for something that, if he did it, makes him a scumbag. 
I am not going to rush to judgment. Uh, besides, nor as, am I with my big ifs. As we uh, as we tend to remind people, we can uh, leap to a judgment because we don't have the power to incarcerate anybody. What about innocent till proven guilty? Well, that's a good point. I mean, but again, we have zero judicial powers here. <laughs> so uh, we're just having a conversation. But I will tell you this. This is very controversial. Brace yourselves now. Particularly uh, weedy young men and, and old ladies. Maybe you want to tune out because this could shake you. <laughs> Steve Bannon looks guilty as hell to me. Oh, really? And you mean by, because he looks, just do you mean his physical no, appearance? No, no, the facts. Okay. The facts. Because his case. physical appearance, he does look like a sort of person that, he goes with that, I'm going to rip you off look. Right. But I never assumed he was actually going to rip me off. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. But it, if, judging by the facts, as I've heard them so far, he looks pretty damn guilty. Ugh. And That's a bad thing to do. The cop who knelt on George Floyd's neck looks pretty damn not guilty. Oof. He won't be convicted of much at all. Joe will respond to all your emails, because this is Joe's strong opinion on both of these topics. No, it's facts. I deal in facts. I uh, disagree. Well, and and facts are are about as welcome these days in a discussion as a fart in a crowded elevator. Maybe I'm one of those weedy young men or old women that wasn't able to handle that Yeah, but maybe you are. Maybe take a look at yourself, huh, (laughs) son? So we'll explain all that on the way. Armstrong and Getty. Takeaway? Dumb people are easily impressed. Like a cat by a slinky. (laughs) (laughs) Tucker Carlson. So maybe just because I'm personally interested in this, I would like to hear what you know or think you know about Steve Bannon. The guy that got Donald Trump elected was arrested on a big boat yesterday with two other dudes who were running, perhaps, a phonyish charity. The idea of the charity, and I don't actually have the facts in front of me. I apologize for that. But it, it, long and short of it was, it was a, a giant GoFundMe type thing to build the wall. And the, 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 the face of it was this triple amputee war vet mm-hmm. um, uh, who, you know, he's got the classic all-American hero look and story. And he was uh, the face of, hey, send us this money, and we're going to use it to help build Donald Trump's wall to stop illegals from sneaking into this country. I became aware of this fundraiser many months ago. And they raised millions and millions of dollars. Oh, yeah, that's worth mentioning, yeah. And they're accused of skimming hundreds of thousands of dollars for personal uh, expenses and fun and, and whatever. Um, when I first heard about it, I mean, my in- my immediate reaction was, Wait a minute, how's that going to work? Yeah, you, It's a federal government sure. program. Are they going to buy land and donate it? No, that wouldn't work. And I thought, my initial thought was, that's a non sequitur. That doesn't make any sense to me. They asked Trump about it at the, uh, the, the daily press briefing thingy the other day, and he essentially said the very same thing. He said, I didn't like it. That's a government project. There's no need to raise personal funds from people. Um, and... It just it, the whole thing stinks to me, um, and just you know the evidence is laid out. The defense gets their turn. I've told the story of being on a couple of juries where the prosecution gets done. You think lock them up, and then when the defense gets their turn, you think, oh come on, 
It, it completely changes your opinion. So I'm going to reserve judgment because I'm a, I admire Steve Bannon as a thinker. But it looks just, it just stinks. Well, the uh, the war vet face of the thing has a Instagram model wife who has uh, a gazillion followers. And and, and uh, so she's speaking out a lot. But mm-hmm. um, uh, they have a pretty high-flying lifestyle. Yeah. Fancy cars and trips and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, well, we'll have she to see. She says she makes her own money off of being so much of an Instagram model success. I mean, she's one of those people with millions and millions of followers. Oh, I'm sure there are uh, a number of auditors who are looking into that very question right now. Right. In an embezzlement charge. So anyway, there's so that. One would hope, I guess, because I agree with a lot of Steve Bannon's ideology. I would ho- have to hope then that he didn't know somebody was skimming this. But it's a pretty odd idea to start with. I mean, and he was definitely involved in promoting this charity. Do you even call it a charity? I'm not donating to things the federal government's supposed to do with my tax money. <laughs> right. It's like donating to build an aircraft carrier. It, yeah. How would that work? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, uh, you know, it's the Trump Justice Department prosecuting him. I'm sure they'll look into it and, and, and the wheels of justice will grind as they do. Hmm. I wish I had a little more time for this because it's so explosive. I want to be careful. I'll skip to the end. I don't think the officer, Derek Chauvin, who was uh, kneeling on George Floyd, is going to be convicted of anything more serious than maybe, and I'm not a criminal justice attorney. I'm not a criminal attorney, but it's the reckless endangerment or assault or something like that. And there are a couple of reasons for that. Um, And uh, number one, it's pretty clear that um, Floyd was uh, had a condition known as excited delirium. You have to watch the whole unedited tape that's been leaked out. I think the Daily Mail leaked it or somebody did. Uh, I can't remember. Um, Maybe the New York Post. But you have to watch the whole thing. Uh, and, and by the way, I'm not saying cops ought to kneel on anybody for, for long periods of time. I'm not defending this guy. I'm just trying to understand exactly what happened. George Floyd was saying, I can't breathe, and freaking out for like 10 minutes before the v- video we saw. He's completely freaked out, completely out of control. He's obviously having a serious drug episode. He's going nuts. He goes nuts outside the car. Then they put him in the car. He goes super nuts. They have to drag him out of the car. Uh, and he keeps saying, I can't breathe. I can't breathe. And he's got all these uh, um, delirious thoughts and things he's saying that don't make any sense. And the autopsy and toxicology reports show he had serious heart problems and over three times the potentially lethal limit of fentanyl in his system and another drug. He had a lesser dose of methamphetamine which can cause paranoia, respiratory distress, coma, and death. Beyond those findings, the autopsy, autopsy disclosed no physical injuries that could in, in any way account for his death. The long and short of it is his airway was not shut off. His chest was not compressed so that his heart couldn't beat. The copying on him may well have been a contributing factor. Absolutely. Again, I'm not pro-bad cops. I despise bad cops. Um, but there is no way... No way you're going to get a conviction. Say the fentanyl part again? He Well, it, it's tough with fentanyl because so little of it can kill you, but he had over three times the potentially lethal limit of fentanyl. Hmm. I mean, the doctors have a scale. If you take over this, it could kill you, and he had over three times that Boy, that's much. A, that's a tough Plus one. meth. Um, 
And and so there's no jury in the world that's going to unanimously vote yeah. to convict him of anything more serious, serious than like reckless endangerment or not getting the guy medical care in time. That's one thing that, that pisses me off. Cops do is they drag their feet getting people medical care when they can do a lot better. Now, I understand it's a little more complicated on scene than a layman like me might understand. But still, there are times people lay their bleeding far longer than they ought to. Yeah. Having said that, when he does get acquitted. Or the serious charges dropped, people are going to go nuts. Yeah, David French in the Dispatch, who's a pretty fair uh, constitutional lawyer, I think, on this sort of stuff. He went through it piece by piece the other day in a long uh, uh, a writing that he put out, and that was his conclusion. Now that the whole video is out, he said this guy is certainly not going to get convicted of murder, and the other people will probably get nothing. And, uh, I would agree a hundred percent on the other three, and people are going to go crazy. When that happens, and if that happens prior to, um, if Trump, well, if Trump's still, in, Trump will still be in office probably, even if he loses. Yeah. It'll happen prior to January 20th, I would imagine. Right, probably. I said at the time they overcharged him to try to keep the peace and not very successfully. I will also throw in that every cop I've talked to, every single one has said, this guy completely violated training and good practice and the yeah. rest of it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it, it was very bad policing, but I don't think it was murder. Or at least, I'm sorry, I don't think a jury would ever convict him of murder. And David French also said you can't prove that it was racially motivated in any way. No, there doesn't seem to be any evidence of that. Armstrong and Getty. <laughs> 